We missed him the last few weeks. Simon McLaughlin is the deputy sports editor of the Daily Telegraph. He's back. He's happy. You know, I can hear it in his voice. I can, you know, I can read the tone of his text messages because his doggies have won their last two games and you know, people are saying they're on the up and up. They're already buying their grand final tickets. Hello, Simon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite doing that. But, yeah, it's uh, been a good two weeks, although the last ten minutes on Sunday were a bit nerve-wracking. Um, but we got there. Well, it's the main thing, right? It's funny, I talk to people like you and Dogs fans and then Tigers fans who haven't played finals football for, for what, 10 years. I mean, both clubs really the past couple of years have been in reasonably similar predicaments. But at the moment, mm. the Dogs fans have plenty of reasons to smile and the Tigers fans go, you know, is this ever going to come for us? Yeah, well, look, absolutely. I, I, they are two clubs that are a little bit similar. I just sort of feel like in the sort of recruitment side of things, the dogs were a little bit smarter in sort of getting guys who, uh, you know, the match winners who get you get you over the line, whereas the Tigers' recruitment was sort of based a little bit more around the forward pack, the guys who might be able to sort of put you in a position rather than get you home. So, um, look, I don't really know what happened in the last 10 minutes of that game at uh, Belmore where... It was the heat. Um, they got to the dogs. They just switched off. Thought they had it in the bag already, or or what happened. But to me, it, it was. It showed you, but before that ten minutes, that last ten minutes, it sort of showed you the differences in in where those two teams are at. One one team, which you know, uh, the Bulldogs getting Reed Marnie. Really, really smart. Uh, he basically seems to run that team now. I, I know the Tigers have happy Coruscant, um, but it doesn't seem to sort of look like they've worked out how to use him properly yet. So the red money has got to be one of the buys of the year so far. He he sort of pushed Kyle Flanagan down the depth chart a little bit on, on in terms of running the attack, and he sort of seems to be the second most, or even the most important guy in terms of running the mm. attack along with uh, Matt Burton. So, um, yes, it's really interesting to see how Reid Marnie's going. Uh, you know, it's way too early to be making any predictions. I'm not True. buying any tickets. But we'll do it anyway. You know, hey, you're a newspaper <laughs> man. You've got column inches to fill. Yeah. You have prefaced it. Yeah. Oh, no, we don't read too much in the trials, but on the basis of that, the Dragons will get the spoon, for example. You know, you've got to say these yeah. things. It's funny. Hey, just on uh, your Bulldogs. Oh, Jacob Carras, is he? I think he's leading the Dally M said already. Is that right? Simon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you he's, go. He's right up there. He's, he's good on him. A great combination of sort of really busy and does sort of match winning, match winning type of things. You know, scored a couple of tries against the Storm, and he's he's a great player. I hope, hope he stays in the blue and white. I read today that the Fox Josh Car has paid Bulldog centre Paul Alamotti the ultimate compliment. Reckons he has potential to be the best centre in the world. Gee, you know. It's a, Good up and comer, but no pressure there at all. Thanks, Vox. Appreciate it. Oh mate. well, yeah. Well, that's the guy passing you the ball, so you know boost his confidence. And uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, if you play super coach, um, which a lot of our readers do, oh. um, Alamotti is uh, is sort of becoming a, bit, a little bit must have. Um, he's sort of value uh, is he a, a cheapie, as they say, and um, okay. yeah, scores a lot of super coach points. Are you playing super coach? Uh, I, as the company deems that I must be uh, involved in some way, I, 
I don't actually play it because it's you just for me. pick it's the team at the start of the year and just park and it and then hope for the best. I sort of have to have an idea on who the the high point scorers are and the low point scorers and all that. So I do keep an eye on it from that point of view. Yeah, but, uh, yeah too complicated for me otherwise. Mate, it's ridiculous. So I did it one year and I said, I'll never do this again. And you get chatting with a couple of people and they are so into it. You know, like fantasy baseball. And, you know, that's actually, you know, where Moneyball started because people started taking that sort of approach and winning fantasy baseball right. comps and going, there might be something in this. I mean, it gives me a headache and requires so much time. They go, oh, origin period coming up. I might sell clear, you know, whatever. And I go, okay, mate, I, I, I don't get it. All I remember years and yeah. years ago in its earliest iteration was Corey Parker's the man you had to have because he's a forward that a lot of metres mm. and he kicked goals. That, that's all I knew. That's, it's about as scientific right, as we yeah. got. That's so, right. Yeah. And now he's a sort of a, a super coach ambassador. So uh, that yes. might have been why. Yes, correct. Now... Grand final. I mean, I don't love this term, grand final rematch, because it's not a rematch. The grand final's been run a one, a well done to the Penrith Panthers. But this is going to be a huge battle of the West. And, you know, it's probably come at a good time for Parramatta. They play tomorrow night mm. at Combank Stadium. And, yeah, it sucks because they're 0-3 and they're, they're taking two teams in the next couple of weeks. Been the Panthers and the Roosters both off the bye, so both will be fresh. But, you know, maybe they need a game like this just to potentially kickstart their season. Because they haven't won, but they haven't been that far off. And, and Penrith, Absolutely. you know, people are probably unfairly uh, tipping them to slide or unfairly underplaying them. Uh, having said that, mm. I, I think this is a great opportunity for the Eels. Oh, I, I agree with you. Uh, people really don't consider strength of draw when they're looking at uh, ladder positions. And Paramount have had a really tough start to the year. They, they've played a lot of the top teams and it continues with, Penrith, um, and, you know, Penrith haven't been totally convincing. They had a very slow start to the year themselves. Um, and, yeah, look, I think people have already forgotten how successful Parramatta have been against Penrith over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, that was the reason people were, were tipping an upset before the grand final last year. It didn't work out that way. But um, I don't know about you, but it feels like a really really different uh, build-up to this game than it otherwise would have. It doesn't, it doesn't yes. quite feel like that heavyweight stoush that, that, yeah. that we were looking for. Yeah, it, it, it does feel like, I think everyone's tipping, probably tipping Penrith, but um, um, yeah, look, Parramatta have just sort of slipped back to that sort of second-tier uh, level. Um, I know they're even lower than that on the ladder. Um, but yeah, look, there's there's, a few, there's quite a few facets of the game and, and the paper tomorrow morning is dominated with um, Parramatta Penrith previous stories. Um, Cleary v. Moses and um, a nice uh, interview with Dylan Brown and um, Craig Gowrie from Ways In on, on what he thinks of the two halfbacks. And um, when you really sort of start delving into the stats, you realise that these teams should be a lot closer than I think people think they would be going into the game, for instance, Dylan Brown, um, who I don't feel like a lot of people have been talking about Dylan Brown um, this season, but he actually leads all five eights in the NRL this year for a whole bunch of stats, including um, possessions, runs, run meters, line engagements, try assists and tackles. Um, you know, we should be talking about him as one of the 
you know, the leading number sixes in the game, but it doesn't really feel like that's what people are doing. Um, that, that's interesting. He's buddy a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Are you talking about Sean Lane? Yes, that's right. Yeah. He's probably missing Sean Lane. Um, they worked well together last year. But it's yeah, funny you say Dylan, that. Dylan Brown, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we... yeah. Uh, that, that surprises me. He's, he's leading the way in all those uh, those areas of stats because, uh, you know, that's sort of been the prevailing thought. Oh, Brown's got to step up. He's been a bit quiet the opening three rounds. And people are maybe pinning that in the fact that he doesn't have Sean Lane outside him. Because when he plays that yeah. ball to Sean Lane, you might have Gutho sweeping around. But, you know, if you're the defensive line, you know that something's going to happen. And Sean Lane doesn't run decoys. You know he's going to get the ball. So the defence is sort of hanging off Dylan Brown a little bit. So absolutely they miss absolutely. it. But further to this game, I mean... Yeah, there's a few other sort of nice little stories. Of course, Ryan Madison returns. I'd imagine that's been addressed to mm. the man who said, you know, they could have used him. Not saying he would have necessarily won the games for them, but he would have been handy those opening three rounds. But no, he's a man of principle. Yeah. He said, I'm not, not paying a fine for something I don't think I should have been fined for. And of course, Jermaine Hopgood has been one of the shining stars of Parramatta uh, taking on his old club. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's the reason this is, it's, it, it doesn't even have to be a grand final for this to be an interesting game because people are very invested in both of these teams. But there's a number of players who are in form and or out of form, as the case may be. Um, there's the whole Mitchell Moses factor. Um, yeah. I think people are really, really getting sick of hearing about his contract talks and they want that done. Um and, you know, it just seems very different to the very stable situation that Nathan Cleary's often found himself in on that front. Um, we've got a great story, again, comparing those two halfbacks. And, and, and again, a little bit like Dylan Brown, I think there's probably people would assume there's a huge chasm between Cleary and Moses in terms of the stats. But for the past three seasons, they're actually remarkably similar. They're basically, uh, according to the stats, the first and second ranked halfbacks in a lot of the key uh, halfback stats, mostly around the kicking. Um, but, yeah, so they're not as far apart as people would think. But I think, again, like how we were talking with Dylan Brown, it's probably those little tiny things like set finishes, um, you know, when the game's on the line right at the end where people would put clearly ahead of Mitchell Moses, those sorts of things. Um We'll have to see what happens tomorrow night, but if it comes down to it and they're locked and the scores are locked with a couple of minutes to go, who do you, who would you think is going to win you the game? I'm not totally sure. Oh, I, I would go... My money would be on Cleary. Mm. Yeah, my money would, would be on Cleary. Just, just on Moses, I mean, what's his talk today about the Roosters potentially? Oh, just we'll just keep an eye on Cleary mm. and if he hasn't signed, I mean, that's funny. Politis had to come out and sort of knock it on the head, but... You know, it's yeah. not the first time, won't be the last time we see this. Normally, uh, you know, rather clever player managers and the like, just just putting it out there in the ether, you know, see who bites, yeah. drive up prices. You know, it's as old as time, I tell you. Um, now, weak gutted dog, Royce Hunt, <laughs> Corey Horsburgh. You know, this has jumped to the top of the clicks, hasn't it? It's hilarious. So, the, yeah, so of course, you know, you got, got Sinbin, Royce Hunt, on the weekend at, at Canberra Stadium for retaliating mm. against Big Red. He had a great game, a couple of tries, Corey Horsburgh. I, I didn't think it was Sinbin mm. worthy. I didn't see a hell of a lot in it. But he's saying, to use a, a term that Sticky used last year, he's a weak-gutted dog. Do, do you like seeing this kind of stuff? You know, is, it, is this good I for the love, game? Is it a bit of, yeah, a bit of banter? I love seeing it. Absolutely. There should be more of it. 
the whole professional sporting world has wrapped itself up in cotton wool and is way too afraid of saying anything, lest they spur the opposition on. Well, you know, these two guys just played each other on the weekend. They won't meet again until round 27. Um, but, uh, you know, which maybe means they're, they're a little bit um, off the leash in terms of their, their comments against each other. But I love it. Um I can sort of tell you a little bit off the record that we may have contacted Ricky Stewart about those comments, who is, of course, the man most associated with the term weak gutted dog. Um, and I know he wasn't too keen to get involved with the uh, story, but he may want some royalties um, from Royce Hunt for stealing his line. But, um, yeah, look, I am all for two big blokes used to be teammates having a go at each other. You would have seen Corey Horsburgh put out on uh, social media a photo mocking Royce Hunt in, uh, after Royce Hunt's last Yeah, so it's so a bit of background um, for the listeners, yeah. Absolutely. So th- th- there's this photo of, of uh, Corey Horsburgh obviously was holding a baby at some point in the past few years uh, where he's put Royce Hunt's photo on the baby's head. Uh, I, look, it, and Roy Hunt, of course, says, next time we see Corey Hulberg, we're going to get on with him and we're going to bash him. So uh, it's, let's throw back stuff. And, and, you know, PR companies can't pay for this sort of publicity. And really, the modern athlete is so boring that this is such a refreshing piece of, uh, piece of media action. Mm. From both, I suppose. I mean, that's pretty daring of Corey. I'm just having a look at the photograph now. It's actually quite cleverly done. And then Royce Hunt. Yeah. Oh, we'll see if he fronts up. He says, I've never seen a front row hide behind a halfback. And, and on and on it goes. Yeah. You know, starting to sort of, you know, underplay their game, so to speak. But, uh, oh, it's pretty funny stuff at the end of the day. And hopefully it's rocked him Absolutely. enough that he doesn't turn up against the Dragons on Sunday night. <laughs> well, you look, you've got to sort of back up, you know, so you're going to have to kind of yeah, play the cup though. You do sort of have to back this sort of stuff up. Uh, one of my favourite pieces of, I don't know, off spot field sledging, I guess, was uh, Zach Lomax's appearance uh, on Fox League when he did his impersonations of Anthony oh, Griffin. Fletch and uh, Hindy, bold. yes. He did that. Old at the time, and I loved it. And I and I just now associate Zach Lomax with brilliant impersonations. Well, they got him back, haven't they, this season? I, I know Bearshead, who works with us, and he, they're two of the best to chat to, him and Blake Laurie. Mm. And uh, can't mm. shut him up. What about, oh, just a, a quick word on that before we let you go. Hook, got to reapply for his job. I suppose, uh, you know, and Gus and yeah. Reedy and um, Chamberson, anyway, all, the, all sort of chimed in, but... I guess the good thing for him is that they haven't said, mate, this is your last year, we're looking elsewhere. So he's still he's still in the mix. Yeah, look, in terms of coaches, I think the Dragons are reasonably conservative in the way they do things. Um, and, look, we had slightly different information at the Telegraph on, on that story about Griffin having to reapply for his job. Mm. We don't actually think that's the situation. Um, but, look, he's not safe. I don't think... For for any minute, does anyone think he's safe? I can tell you from a sort of a newspaper point of view that I was working very late on Saturday, and we did we usually like to use the late game on Saturday night as our cover for the Sunday Telegraph, and we thought, well, if the Dragons win, that'll be a great cover. 
Um, so they made a great quick start and we started pulling that cover, to, the first edition cover apart with a nice yeah, photo. Yeah, and, yeah, and then the, the last lineup. 10 minutes. Do you and then the last 10 minutes, the Broncos hit the lead. We think that's not much of a story. And then they mm. keep conceding tries and we think, yeah, this is actually a better story. Oh. <laughs> uh, hook, line and sinker, I believe, was the oh, very good. other line that we came up with. Hook. Yes. Look, I can be impartial enough to, to give the tick to that that headliner. So I'll grant you that, mate. Uh, just a quick one. Uh, Felice Cafusi, four weeks. It seemed mm. over the top to you, I thought so. It, it absolutely seemed over the top for me. He, I think he was interviewed straight afterwards, uh, asked if his reputation from previous years had played against him. He said he'd know, but I think it absolutely did. Um He's, you know, got a pretty bad reputation for a number of those sorts of incidents too, slightly off the ball, mm. you know, those sorts of things. He's, he's a bit of an enforcer, a hard man, but I don't think he deserved all weeks. And it's the it's one of the reasons I think that the Broncos might just probably dish up a hard dose of reality with the Dolphins who've been, you know, writing this fairy tale for three weeks. I think it might yeah. be this week. Yeah, that is true. Ha- having said that, I mean, you just never underestimate Wayne, do you? And his ability to get no. a team up for this sort of clash. Bomber Bedell, mate, he must be losing sleep. He'd be frothing that much, I tell you. Anyway, <laughs> every prep doesn't even involve... What do you, he pitch one to Ben Hunt. Hey, Ben, so um, you just lost the Broncos. Yeah. So they play the Dolphins next week. That should be a good clash. And Ben Hunt's... Oh, yeah, I suppose. I won't be watching yeah. it. And Pete, let's go, what are you doing, mate? Yeah. Oh, what about Wayne? Hasn't yeah, he done please. a great job with the Dolphins? Follow-up question, Ben Hunt. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> They're a different breed in Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, thank you, mate. Oh, Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so wonderful stories in tomorrow's Daily Telegraph. We'll be reading with great interest. I'll catch you next week. Cheers, Jules.